listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. So happy you're on today. I have something from the Holy Ghost that I want to share with you. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to do that. And um, I feel the Holy Spirit, man, very strong. This is going to be a powerful week. This is going to be a powerful week. And um, look at this, Christina giving a testimony. I'm telling you, I feel this in the Holy Ghost because of, it's not really, I mean, we're just being faithful to the word of the Lord and the Holy Ghost, but we give God the praise. She said, Christina said, I'm finally free of drug addiction. When you were at Central Assembly of God, God used you. And uh, praise God for that. Christina, we're thanking God with you. No more drug addiction. And we give God all the praise for that. You know, the Bible says that whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Absolutely free. Completely free. And uh, we've been seeing God do those things. People getting free from uh, prescription medication addiction, drug addiction, alcoholism, nicotine addiction, pornography addiction, and uh, God is the one who sets free. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. And so we give God thanks and praise that as his spirit's been manifesting, people are getting free. And that's what God does. He sets the captives free. And um, what an amazing testimony, Christina. We thank God with you. We praise God with you. Listen, as we prayed and set our faith, uh, and even during our our Saturday night meeting, uh, continue to send your your testimonies in. And uh, we put a place on the website, Tiff, right for that. It's miracleword.com forward slash testimony. So if you'd like to send your testimony, miracleword.com forward slash testimony. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what God's doing, and we want to share it with people that are believing for uh, their miracles as well. And so um, keep your faith at a high place. Keep your faith at a high place and believe God. Believe God. (laughs) Christina said, now I wear my Victory Tribe hoodie in victory. Amen. That's a wonderful thing. I'm telling you, I'm giving God praise for that. In fact, we ought to, um, all of us, lift our hands where we are and thank God for all the things that have been happening. I think that'd be a great way to start the broadcast today. So Father, we thank you and we praise you for all the things that you've been doing supernaturally this year already. Thank you for all of your mighty acts of greatness in the past. And we thank you that it's only a precursor to what you're about to do in the future. We've got our faith set high. We can't wait to see you manifest your presence. We thank you that you're already moving behind the scenes and doing what only you could do by the power of your spirit. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. Uh, It's not us. It's not our flesh. It's not our minds. It's not our thoughts. It's your spirit. It's by your spirit. As your word declares, it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by your spirit. And so we thank you and praise you that we are free because of you. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, we're we're believing with all of you. I'm getting your texts. I'm getting your... uh, not only your, your testimonies, but your prayer requests as you're asking personally. And uh, believe me, I am standing with you. 
and, uh, and God's going to do great things this year. I'll tell you, I'm going to share this with you this morning. Those of you that are, uh, that are standing with us, um, I'm going to give you kind of the inside track on this, but, uh, as the fast was coming to an end, I shared with our team just a list of, uh, prayer requests, uh, our prayer points. And I really just sent through six things. And if you'd like to write them down, you're welcome to. But these are the, these are the six things before we jump in today. These are the six things that I shared with our personal team that we're standing in faith and believing for. And number one is this, that God would give us unhindered access to his thoughts and his ways in this new year. And I'm basing that on Isaiah 55, nine, the Lord said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts, says the Lord. And so we don't want to operate through 2022 in our own strength, our own thoughts, our own uh, abilities, but we want God to give us access to his ways and his thoughts. And so that's what we're believing. That's number one, that God's going to give us unhindered access to his ways and his thoughts in 2022. The second thing is that uh, we're asking God that we would do nothing except what he has mandated. We'd go nowhere that he's not commissioned us and we'd never have what he's not prepared for us to have. And so those, those, that's number two, that those things that we're doing, and again, this is based on Psalm 127.1, where the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And unless the Lord is guarding the city, the watchmen walk the walls in vain. And so uh, we're setting our faith that we're not going to do anything that God's not doing. We're not going to try to build anything that God's not building. We're standing on uh, his promise and that we're going to be led by his spirit to do only what he has mandated us to do. That's where the power is. That's where the strength is. Number three, we're asking the Lord that he would supernaturally make available what was previously unavailable. Do the impossible and open closed doors in this year of 2022. And so I want you to stand on that as well. And we're basing that, on, of course, on Exodus chapter 14, where when God's people came to the Red Sea and there was no way through, God made available what was previously unavailable. What is that? A, a, a pathway that nobody knew was there, the Bible says. Uh, a way out, a door that opened, did, did the supernatural and opened a door that was previously unopened. And I'm believing the same for your family and for your life, business, ministry, that this year God would make available what was previously unavailable, do the impossible and uh, open doors that were closed previously. Number four, we've set our faith that God would help us to win an unprecedented number of souls and bring them into the kingdom in 2022. And we're basing that on what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew chapter nine, that the harvest is truly plenteous and the laborers are few. Well, we're not just praying that God would send laborers, although we are, but we're praying God make us uh, efficient laborers in Jesus' mighty name. Number five, and this is an important one as well, we ask the Lord to remove every enemy that would seek to hinder our purpose and our call in 2022. Go out ahead of us and remove every enemy that would stand against what he called us to do and accomplish in this new year. 
And we're basing that on Acts chapter 13. Paul is trying to preach the gospel to the governor, Sergius Paulus. And the Bible says there's a sorcerer named Elemus that is hindering his work, that's whispering in the ear of the governor. Don't listen to Paul. Don't listen to what he's preaching. Don't believe that. It's not true. It's a lie. Until Paul, by the power of the Holy Ghost, Paul couldn't have done this on his own, by the power of the Holy Ghost, judges that enemy of the gospel, judges that enemy of the Holy Spirit. And from that moment, the sorcerer was struck blind and had to be led around by the hand. And when the governor saw it, he, he not only marveled, but he believed the gospel. And so we're believing that God would silence and uh, remove every enemy, every hindrance to what you're called to do and what I'm called to do in 2022. And then finally, we're thanking God that we will steadily increase in every area until the coming of Christ. And I've read Proverbs 4.18 to you many times. And so we're, we're standing on that and believing that those things are going to quickly come to pass in our lives and businesses and ministries in uh, 2022. So set your faith with ours and uh, let's declare we're going to quickly see those six things come to pass and then continually come to pass. Not just once, but continually come to pass. And that's our faith. You saw it in the, um, in the title. Tiff, can I have something cold today? If, if it's just a water, if we just have water, I'll take one of those too. Thank you. Um, you saw today what I put in the, in the title that I'm going to be teaching on, something I've never taught on before, but I believe is very important as we're entering into this new year, and that is five dangerous things um, that should never leave your mouth. Five dangerous things that should never leave your mouth. And we're going we're gonna to talk about it today. Five things from Scripture uh, that should never leave your mouth. And I'm going to give you scripture for all of these, but there's a reason why I'm saying this, because what comes out of your mouth is extremely important. What comes out of your, your confession, but it's not just your confession. It's the things that you say and the way that you're saying them. That is extremely important when it comes to your success in the kingdom of God. And this is one of the areas where the enemy works very, very hard to try to get you to alter uh, what you're saying. And how does he do it? By trying to alter what you're thinking. Thank you, Tiff, I appreciate it. By what you're thinking. Because Jesus was clear when he taught. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you're not just saying anything. You say what fills your heart, according to Christ. You say what fills your heart. And so the enemy works hard to get you to... Uh, fill your heart with the wrong things that will produce then wrong speaking, wrong confession, and uh, the things that we're going to talk about today. So it's very important that you catch this because your whole life is driven by what comes out of your mouth, what you believe and what comes out of your mouth. And so we're going to talk about that today, and uh, I'll give you the scriptures as well. And so we're, we're going to start. Five dangerous things that should never leave your mouth. And by the way, if you're just jumping on, take a minute to share the broadcast today. Very important message. Um, as I break these five things down, you'll see that I'm not just talking about a negative confession, but something that the Bible uh, is very clear about is 
all of these categories that we're going to touch are, uh, are, are strictly condemned in Scripture, but there's a reason for it. Because remember this, our words are not inanimate. They're not dead. Our words are alive. And I want you to just write that alone in the, in the comments today. My words are alive. I want you to write it. Something that, that people uh, fail to understand many times is that because we were created in the likeness and in the image of the Almighty God, because His words are alive, our words are alive. One of the most foolish things that anybody could uh, teach is that, you know, or believe, is that, well, words don't matter. Words don't matter. You know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, your words are alive. And of course, anybody that's watching this broadcast today, I'm sure, has been at some point in your life, been hurt by something that someone said. Well, that's because words are alive. Words carry power. Words carry power. And so we don't, we don't uh, flippantly speak words, especially as Pentecostal Christians. We understand this principle. We don't just flippantly speak words. Our words are alive. We're very careful and calculated with the words we speak. I don't say foolish things that, you know, that's why when I hear foolish things spoken over me, you better believe I don't receive those things. When I saw what the White House released, that what I should have an expectation for through the winter of 2022, and some of you saw the same, expect a winter of sickness and disease and hardship, you know, propaganda from an unbelieving anti-Christ governmental system. You think I received that over my life and my family? Foolishness. And I would never confess something like that. I would never let that come out of my mouth. Straight foolishness. And so I don't receive everything that everyone says, and I don't just say anything, and neither should you. You say what the Word of God says, and you only release from your mouth the things that you believe. And I will say that the apostles wrote that, if you, and they said that. If you look at Paul's uh, second letter to the Corinthians, you'll find this. The apostles said, we believe, therefore we speak. Right? We believe... Therefore, we speak. And I'll, I'll take you there quickly so you can see that. And then I'm going to get, start to give you these five. Look at this now. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Mark this up in your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, look at verse 13. This is what I'm referring to. They said, since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what has been written, I believed, and so I spoke. We also believe, and so we also speak. You see that? Because, why are we doing this? Because we have the same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. According to what's been written, I believed, and so I spoke. And we also believe, and so we also speak. Notice what they're speaking. They're speaking the things they believe. So this is why what you believe is so vital. Because if you believe, if you truly believe something that is contradictory to God's word, guess what you're going to speak? 
you're going to, you're going to speak what you believe. So if you, if you believe you're nothing and you believe that there's uh, you know, you have nothing good to offer and that you're a nobody and that you're insignificant and that you don't, you don't matter. Guess what you're going to speak? The things that you believe. And so it's not just, it's not just choosing to say something positive. It's beyond just choosing because notice what the Bible teaches out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why people who believe those things that are wrong, they can't just choose to speak what's right because it's in their heart. It's what they believe. And until you change what you believe and gain that spirit of faith, you won't speak properly. You won't say what the Bible says. And that's why Jesus was adamant about that, is that a good fruit is produced from a good tree that's alive, that's, got, that's rooted in pulling that, that uh, resource from what is good. But you get bad or rotten fruit from a rotten tree. You can't, a, a good tree can't produce rotten fruit and a rotten tree can't produce good fruit. You have to fill yourself with that same spirit of faith, vital. That's vital, the same spirit of faith. And so that's what we're dealing with today. Uh, what should proceed from our mouths? Well, number one, and you can write these in the comments and in in your notes and and get these verses as well. Number one, the first thing that should never leave your mouth, it's dangerous, is gossip. Put these down. Gossip should never leave my mouth. Hmm. Gossip should never leave my mouth. Listen, listen to this, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 28. The Bible says, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer. Now that word whisperer is someone who's gossiping. Other translations render that and a gossip. A gossip separates close friends. That's Proverbs 16, 28. A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer or a gossip separates close friends. It's a demonic thing. It's a demonic thing. And it's something that we're never to do ever. And so, and and here's one of the things that I'll deal with is, uh, and people get sucked into gossip, but I want to, I want to talk to you about something that uh, I, I dealt with this in further, faster, when I wrote it, one of the chapters I dealt with this, talking about honor and speaking against people. One of the things that you, you're in danger of, uh, notice this, a gossip separates close friends. When you gossip, it brings division. It brings division. And God is not a God of division. God is a God of unity. And the, the body of Christ should be a family that is built upon unity. And Paul, I'm sure you've read this many times, especially as we just finished our New Testament reading during the fast, Paul rebuked churches for divisions in the church. And he said, there there are divisions among you and there shouldn't be divisions among you. He said, and you've got yourselves separated into cliques, divisions. And it's it's not the New Testament church way. It's not the system that God created. We're called to live in unity. But when people begin to gossip, divisions are immediately created, 
immediately created. So notice this Proverbs 16, 28, a whisperer, a gossip separates close friends. But here, here's a dangerous thing that and I'm going to get into the other part soon, but, but think about it. One of the things I wrote in the book was sometimes people spread gossip, but in all reality, they are not even sure what they're saying is true, right? So sometimes people repeat what they've heard other people say about someone, but one of the ways that'd be great uh, to, to look at this is, uh, could you prove what you're saying is true in a courtroom? Could you personally produce evidence that what you're saying is true? See, even in scripture, you know, you say, well, there's times when you have to, you have to say what's going on. You know, I know people think like that. Well, there's times when you have to say, what if it's someone in leadership that's, you know, doing something wrong or there's a problem. This is why the Bible says that, and this is the scriptural way, by the way, that you shouldn't even bring a charge against an elder of the church unless there are two or three witnesses. Think about that for a minute. You shouldn't even bring a charge against an elder. So you're talking about, uh, well, there's sometimes we need to, you know, let these things be known. You know, that's how, that's how gossips talk and it's how they think. Well, you know, I'm doing my duty, you know, to let these things be known because, you know, you got to let these things. And they think they're like doing God a service sometimes because they're just gossiping about everybody. And then sometimes they do it under the guise, well, you know, we really need to pray for so-and-so because did you hear what happened in their life? Did you hear what's going on with them? And they, they disguise it under some sort of a, a prayer life. And it is no prayer life because they're not really praying. They really just saying that because they want you to know what they know. And it's a cancer in the body of Christ, a cancer. But, but here's the thing that, now think about the danger of this. What if you were going around and saying these things about someone and you don't even know if it's true, right? Because you don't have the evidence. You're just repeating what you heard someone else say. What if it's not true? What if it's not true? Here's the question you have to ask yourself. If it's not true, then you've moved beyond gossip to now breaking one of the Ten Commandments, which is to not bear false witness or lie about your neighbor. You're not to lie about someone, the Bible says. And so now you've gone beyond gossiping. And because you don't know it's true, it turns out not to be true, but you've spread it around and all you've been doing is lying. How dangerous is that? All you've been doing is lying. So the, the, the key is, uh, do not, do not spread gossip. Um, and, and this is something I want you to get in your spirit. Put this in the comments. It'll help you forever. It'll help you forever. Uh, write this phrase, gossip ends with me. Put that in. Gossip ends with me. You say, what do you mean by that? Somebody might uh, try to spread gossip to you, but it'll never pass through you. This is so, so vital. Gossip ends with me. Someone might try to spread it to me, but it'll never go through me. And that's huge. 
it'll never go through me. Meaning, I'll never share that with somebody else. And let me take you a step further than that. Because you've got to get to the place where you so uh, hate gossip that when you hear it, it even offends your spirit. When you hear it, it even, you can't stand it. And if you're at a table or if you're in a group of people and that's the thing that begins to happen, they all start gossiping, just excuse yourself and go somewhere else. I mean, that's how serious you got to get with this. I'm not, I'm not a part of that. I don't want to be around for that. And so I'm, I've got to go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I got to run. You know, even if you're at, let's say you're at dinner with a group of people and that's what happens, just head to the restroom. Just say, I got to, excuse me for a moment. I got to go. And when they start, they'll catch on. Trust me. They'll catch on, trust me. And um, yeah, I was going to go there, but Lynn Ann's already ahead of me. Galatians 5.15, but if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. See, you come, you're coming against the body of Christ. You're coming, think, think about this. And, and as I'm telling you this, flip over to Psalm 15. Flip over with me to Psalm 15. Gossip ends with me. It'll never go through me. People might try to share it to me, but it'll never go through me. And if I'm around a group of people and that's what they're intent on doing, I'm out. I'm out. And so uh, think about this for a minute, a minute, because how serious does gossip become when you think about this? Think about it this way. We are all part of the body of Christ. Okay. Think about that for a moment. We're all part of the body of Christ, which means that the moment I begin speaking against another member because they're part of the body of Christ, I'm actually speaking against Christ. Whoo! Think about that for a minute. That's heavy, bro. That is heavy. If I start speaking against them, I'm actually speaking against Christ. Because, you know, if I'm the hand and they're the shoulder and I begin to speak against the shoulder, I'm speaking against a part of Christ's body. Not just another person, but a part of Christ's body. And so that's why you can begin to see how wicked gossip truly is. Because I'm not just speaking against them, but against Christ who they are in. They're in Christ. And if they're in Christ, then I'm attacking Christ. Whoo. That's right. That's a great way to think, Linan. If if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. If you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. So you can see where it's so dangerous to engage in gossip because it's not just about that person. It's about Christ himself who has brought them into his body. And it's a danger. Psalm 15. uh, Listen to verses 1 through 3. Psalm 15, verses 1 through 3. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? Now, these are the kind of people God is going to have with him, according to the psalmist. These are the type of people God 
will allow to hang around him. Listen, verse two, he who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. Verse three, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. So notice, God looks at that and said, oh, you're slandering others with your tongue? You're not hanging with me. You're you're gossiping about others? You're not hanging with me. You'll not dwell in my tent. You'll not stand on my holy hill. You're not hanging with me. God doesn't hang with gossips. He doesn't back up gossips. And so you see it. Who, who will sojourn in your tent? Who'll stand on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly, those that speak truth, those that don't slander with their tongue. I'm not a part of that. You're not a part of that. The victory tribe is not a part of that. Why? Because to have victory, to actually experience victory, you need the Lord. You need his assistance. You need his power. You need his glory. But he won't hang with. He won't uh, suffer, if you will to use that old term. He'll not suffer a gossip. And so I'm not going to stand with him and I won't dwell in his tent if my tongue is not speaking what is true, if I'm slandering others with that same tongue. I can't do it. And so gossip is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And so we, we declare it, gossip ends with me and, and, and from this point forward, I have no part. I have no part in that. Number two, the second dangerous thing that should never leave your mouth. Criticism. Criticism. And this is, this is the part where, you know, you, you might be fine with saying, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't gossip. I don't gossip. I, you know, I'm not a gossip. It's not, I, don't, I don't do that. I don't engage with that. Yeah, but are you critical of people all the time? <laughs> are you critical of them? Are you always picking people apart for every little thing that they've ever done? A critical spirit. Undue criticism. You know, that there's, there's a, there is a difference. There is a difference between uh, truly helping someone, what we would call constructive criticism, and then there's a, a critical spirit. And the, a critical spirit is not helpful in, by any means. You know, and many times, think about this, many times constructive criticism is sought out, right? Somebody's asking you for your opinion. Someone's asking you for your help. Someone's asking you to critique what they've done or to help them to grow. Many times, constructive criticism, and I would say probably over 90% of the time, constructive criticism is asked for. Yeah, could you, could you sound... You see anything I could be doing better? You know, what do you, what do you think about this? Do you, see, do you see anything that I could improve upon? They're asking you. Well, why are they asking you? Well, probably because they love you. Probably also because they've seen how you do things and they know that you do things well. And they know that they can trust you to give them an answer that truly will be encouraging and constructive. That's why they're asking you. And I never, I mean, I, I never give criticism to people that don't ask for it. Because what ends up happening is if somebody didn't ask you for it, 
then when you give it, they're not going to appreciate it. In fact, they probably will take it in a negative way. You know, because it comes across prideful. Who does he think he is, like, criticizing, like, you know, giving me tips about, you know, what I'm doing? You know, that's how they feel. Who, who does she think she is, you know, just showing up with her opinions about what I should change or what I should do differently? Because if it's not asked for, it's usually never taken well unless that person is extremely humble. And so you have to, you have to keep that in mind. Unless someone asked you for it, don't give it. Don't give it because then it won't be re received well. The other thing is this, for those of you that are uh, looking for that uh, kind, kind of thing, don't ever take constructive criticism from someone who has never constructed anything. I really always use that phrase, and, I, and I, I've never heard anyone else say it, so I believe I'm the first person that I've heard say it, but don't take constructive criticism from people who have never constructed anything. What do I mean by that? Well, why would I care what someone thinks? For example, I'm an evangelist. I'm building an evangelistic ministry with the help of the Lord. Why would I care about the opinion of someone who's never built an evangelistic ministry? If somebody came up to me and said, let me tell you a couple things you need to be doing in your ministry. It's like, well, do you have a ministry? Have you built an evangelistic ministry? Have you ever done any evangelistic work for the Lord at all? Do you know, do you have previous experience in this vein? Because if not, why would I care what you think? Why would I take anything you say, right? And maybe you're not an evangelist, but maybe it's someone who is in ministry in another capacity, full-time ministry, and they've built ministries. I'm happy to listen. I'm happy to listen. I'm, I, I want to hear. In fact, if you ever listen, if you ever ask my team, you, you, they can tell you that when I'm out with other ministers, you know, whether we're preaching at a church or whatever it might be, when I'm out, I always understand there's always something I can glean and learn from other people that are in the ministry that are doing things, they'll know something I don't know. They'll have something I don't have. And I'll, if you ask my team that if they're at wherever out to lunch, dinner, whatever, I'm very inquisitive. I'm asking questions of other, what do you do? How do you handle this? What do you do about this? I'm, because I'm not, I don't have pride. I'm humble. I want to be humble. I want to be meek. I want to be teachable. And I'll ask them, you know, how do you deal with this? What do you, what do you do? And, uh, but let me just tell you, it's because they're also doing what I'm doing. But can you imagine how foolish it would be if a plumber showed up to a surgeon, a brain surgeon, and said, I got a few tips for you on brain surgery. Like the, the surgeon would look at the plumber like he's a nut job. You've got no previous experience. You've never done one surgery. You are a plumber. You work with plumbing. <laughs> You know, there's no plumbing in their brain. So you start to realize when people begin to give criticisms, they're out of place because they've never even done the thing. You know, it's funny. It's like, makes me laugh. It's like, uh, it's like what armchair quarterbacks are like, right? There's people sitting in their lazy boy, eating nacho chips with cheese and yelling at the TV screen. They're, you know, they're 120 pounds overweight and they're yelling at the TV screen at a quarterback for a, a, a pass that he threw. Are you kidding me? I'd have never thrown that pass. What are you thinking? What's he thinking? You know, it's like, really? You're yelling at a professional quarterback 
while you sit in a lazy boy 120 pounds overweight with nacho cheese on your, on your chin? You would have never thrown that pass? Buddy, you'd have never been in position to throw any passes. You're not an NFL quarterback. So it's easy to be an armchair quarterback, to try to criticize other people. You've never been in that position. You've never even done what they're doing. You've never had an opportunity to do what they're doing. And from the outside looking in, it's easy to criticize other people, but we don't do it. We don't criticize. In fact, I had you turn to Ephesians uh, chapter four. Uh, I wanted to read this passage to you. Um, Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. Ephesians four, 29. Listen to this. The Bible says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. Get that, for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear it. Let me say that again. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace. Oh, hallelujah. Mark that up. Mark that up in your Bible. If you haven't done so yet, mark it up. That, that's something right there that'll help you for the rest of your life. Put your words through that filter. Is what I'm about to say going to build this person up? And is it going to give them grace? When they hear it, is it going to impart grace? Is it going to impart empowerment? Think about that. Is it going to impart empowerment? Now, there's a difference... <clears throat> there's a difference between, uh, now when I'm speaking to ministers, obviously, if you're a minister, you know as well as I do, that when you handle the word of God, there are times, if you're in the five-fold ministry, there will be times that you have to bring correction to people, that you'll have to reprove them. You know, a lot of ministers won't do that. They don't like conflict, and it's not seeker-sensitive, Right? It's not seeker sensitive to bring correction. It's not seeker sensitive to bring reproof, but you're still supposed to do it. You correct. And when you correct some of the sheep, you're protecting others that are in the fold. Correct. And so, yes, there are spiritual leaders that are supposed to do that, supposed to correct. But that correction should still be done in love and it should still be done in a way that builds up, that brings grace or empowerment for them to fulfill their purpose. You don't, you don't correct people like they're idiots. You don't correct people like they're worthless. You correct them in love. You show them the word, this. Think of it as course correction. You know, when you study a map, a map is not making you feel like an idiot. You know, even a GPS is not speaking to you condescendingly. That's not what it's there for. It's just there for direction, course correction. And rebukes are necessary. Reproof is necessary, correction is necessary, but it's to be done in love and it's to be done in such a way that it imparts grace or empowerment to a person to change and to come back on track and do what they're called to do. But understand something, not every believer is called to uh, reprove everybody all the time, to correct every. There's people that go around, they think their ministry is to correct other believers. That's not who you are. 
They have spiritual leaders. Now, it's another thing if you have a close personal relationship with somebody and you may, you may see something that really has been bothering your spirit and you come to them in love and privately and say, you know, I was just praying for you because, uh, you know, I've been seeing this, this thing. And, you know, that's a whole nother story than these people who think they have a ministry of correction that are running through the church correcting everybody. You're not the pastor. You're not a, you're not a, a spiritual leader. Leave that to spiritual leaders who are actually giving their lives for the person, the people that they're ministering to. They're praying for them. They're fasting for them. They're believing for them, right? And they know things inside tracks that we don't know. And so don't make it your ministry to run around and correct everybody. Instead, do your best to encourage fellow believers, to pray for fellow believers. And that's what Paul's saying to the Ephesians. Don't let corrupting talk come out of your mouth but only such is good for building up. Do your very best to build people up and that impart grace and empowerment uh, to go higher. Amen. To go higher. I've made it, you know, and I, and I didn't even really think about it. It's just kind of come out of me, but I've, I've had people say to me like, man, you're like one of the most encouraging people. You always, you're always making me feel like I can do anything, but that's not, I didn't sit around. Something just clicked in me that, you know, people need to be encouraged. Have you ever thought of this? There are so many people that have not heard one encouraging thing all week, all week, that, they, that when they do encounter you and you do encourage them, think about this, that might have been the first encouragement they heard all week long. You think about how life-changing that is. It's not a joke. People need that. They need that. They're not getting it. I'll tell you one thing. They're not getting it at public school. Most people aren't getting it at home. Most people are not going to get it from, of course, you're not going to get it from the news. You're not going to get it from the, the culture. So where are people that are, are trying to do their very best uh, to stay on track? Where are they getting their encouragement from? Many people struggle in their own personal life because they don't have good family settings. They don't have a good family setup. They don't have parents that encourage them. They don't have people that encourage them like that. So where are they getting their encouragement from? When you strive to be an encourager, to say things to people that build them up to another level, Proverbs 27, 17, the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And that's what we're called to do is to sharpen one another, to encourage one another, to lift one another up. Not, not the opposite, not to criticize and tear down. But let's deal with a reason why some people do always criticize others. I'll tell you why. Is because some people are so beat down and are so insecure and have had so much discouragement that they actually, it bothers them. They don't want others to do well because it would, they feel like it would shine a light on the fact that they aren't at that place. <clears throat> and so it's truly, there's an insecurity. There's a, a you know, people, people feel beat down. And that's why <clears throat> you have to move beyond your soulish feelings and be a spiritual person. It takes a spirituality to do what I'm telling you to do. It takes an empowerment of the Lord to stay in that vein. 
to encourage, to encourage, not to tear down, to, but to encourage. And uh, people don't do that because, you know, they don't want people. It's like the same people at work. You know, the moment you start doing well at work, oh, here comes the brown nose. Here comes the one that's trying to do everything. Well, I bet you're going to stay late again today, aren't you? Try to do some more work and get your, you're trying to take everybody's job. You know why people don't like it? When you put in the extra effort and when you do all those things that in excellence to continue to move forward is because human nature is to do the bare minimum. Human nature is to barely get by and only do what's necessary. So when they see people going above and beyond to do, to be excellent, it, it start, you start to separate from the pack and then you draw the criticism because people don't want that because it shines the light on what they're not doing. And so they begin to criticize. And that's the same reason people in the church criticize. They see people get blessed. They see people doing well. Uh, and they see people trying to step out and be who God called them to be. And here comes the criticism. Why? Because they're not doing that thing. And they don't want to see you go beyond where they're at. And it shines the light on where they are. They want to coast through Christianity. So they begin to criticize. Oh, I bet he thinks he's the next Joel Osteen, doesn't he? Oh, here he comes with his new car. What are you, prosperity preacher now? And, and I'm telling you, it happens everywhere. And Paul said, do not do it. Don't let corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Don't let corrupting talk. But such as is good for building up. Make up your mind. I'm going to build people up every day. That when people get around, that's right, it does. It happens in families too. When I get around people, my goal is going to be to build them up, to encourage them beyond anything they've ever felt this week. I'm going to encourage them until they feel that empowerment. You know what? That, 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 I, I do feel, I'm going to go harder. I'm going to go harder. It empowers people to go and do more than they've ever done in the past. And that's key. Make up your mind. And I want you to write it in the comments. I am an encourager. I am an encourager. I am. You know, when you, people don't want to hang around a critic. Who wants to hang around somebody like that? That every time you do something, they criticize it. Who wants to do that? No one. I am an encourager. I'm an encourager. Hallelujah. I'm an encourager. I'm an encourager. When I speak, a grace and an empowerment comes upon the people who hear what I say to press in to a greater degree and to go to another level, to keep going higher in God. I am an encourager. That should be a goal of yours every single day. And if you feel a critical spirit coming out of you, correct it, bring it in line and say, no, no, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. I'm an encourager. I don't criticize. I encourage. You know, that old adage that we had for years as kids, it still rings true. And every one of us, including me, has to keep their flesh in check. If I don't have something uh, encouraging or good to say about a person, don't say anything at all. That's a great rule. It's been around for years and it still rings true. And every one of us, including this preacher, has to bring their flesh in check and to do those things because we're not called to be critics or criticize, we're called to encourage. And we've got to work hard to encourage others, especially in the day and age we're living. Right now, as in the final moments of time, 
Why would we add more resistance to the body of Christ when we're getting plenty from this world system? We're getting plenty of pushback from the Antichrist agenda. Why would we, eat, why would we want to push back against ourselves? It's a ploy of the devil to keep people in a place where they don't move forward. And that's one of the reasons people don't. They don't feel they have what it takes. They feel discouraged. And discouragement is not going to hold you back in Jesus' name. I declare that today by the power of the Holy Ghost. Receive this word by faith. Discouragement is not going to hold you back in 2022 in the mighty name of Jesus. You may have been discouraged in the past. You may have felt like quitting in the past, but it will not hold you back in 2022 in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In fact, I encourage you today, and I I tell you, be encouraged that you have more than it takes to accomplish your purpose, that you overflow with the ability, the efficiency, the might, the power of God, that you receive power through the Holy Spirit. You receive the ability to be led by the Spirit. You hear the voice of God. He's leading you into all truth. You have all that it takes. You're you're full of God's strength. You're full of his anointing. You're full of his power. And you're uncursable. You're undefeatable. Be encouraged in the mighty name of Jesus. You can do what God's called you to do. And discouragement will not hold you back in 2022. In Jesus' mighty name, it will not hold you back. And those that are walking around criticizing you and discouraging you will be silenced in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. While I'm on that, that's that's, that's number two, criticism. Let Let me flip down to number three, crude talk. Crude talk. Go to Ephesians 1, chapter over, five. Crude talk. Look at this, verse four. Ephesians 5, 4. Let's read it together. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Let there be thanksgiving. Hmm. So one of the things that is, and I love how Paul put this here, No crude, joking, foolish talk or filthiness, which are out of place. Notice that he said that. Which are out of place. Which means for a believer, those things are out of place. Those things are out of place. And so, not only are we attempting to live holy lives by our actions, but even by our words. Even the way that we speak and conduct ourselves in speaking. The Bible says... Let there not be any filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking. If, there's been, uh, if that's been something in the past, then let 2022 be a new year. As you judge yourself, the Bible says. If you'll judge yourself, you'll not be judged. And so we look internally. Has there been filthiness that has been uh, coming out of my mouth? Has there been... Uh, fu- you know, it's not, it's not wrong to joke. It's not wrong to, uh, you know, laugh. It's not wrong to have a good time. None of those things are wrong. But if you're always just foolish, how is God going to use someone that's never serious about what they're called to do? How can God use a fool 
That's just their whole life is foolishness. How can God use that? God needs people that are serious about what they're called to do. God needs to, people that recognize that we are fighting a war, the good fight of faith. The enemy is working hard to try to destroy what God has called you to do. And he's not looking for foolishness. He's looking for people that are serious about what, there are, you think about this way, there are lives hanging in the balance. There are people that are literally could go to heaven or hell. It's eternal damnation or eternal reward for many people. And there are Christians that are just living their life in straight up foolishness. So I'm, I'm not talking about don't ever tell a joke. I'm not talking about don't laugh and I'm not talking about don't have a good time. That's, that's not the case. But people that live just foolishly, a flippant lifestyle, just cruising through life, not caring and just being goofy. That's the difference. That's the difference. When are you going to get down to business? When are you going to do what you're called to do and get serious about it? And notice that filthiness, foolishness, and crude joking, which have no place in the believer, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So guarding your mouth from sounding like the rest of the world, sounding like the rest of the world. And so it's, it's a very, it, it goes right along with your holiness, your holy lifestyle, your holy living goes right along with that. People shouldn't get around you and get the same things out of your mouth that they'd get at a bar somewhere. And, and that, that's Ephesians 5, 4. People shouldn't get the same thing out of your mouth that they'd get at a bar somewhere with their drinking buddies. That they'd get at a club somewhere. That they'd get in some filthy locker room somewhere. They shouldn't get the same thing out of your mouth that they'd get somewhere else that's filled with wickedness. So guard yourself. Guard yourself. Look on the inside and guard, judge yourself, the Bible says, and you'll not be judged. And so in 2022, let that be the case. That only things that are pleasing to the Lord are coming out of my mouth. Only things that are pleasing to the Holy Spirit are coming out of my mouth. Let thanksgiving and praise come out of my mouth instead of foolishness, filthiness, and crude jesting. That's number three. Number four, let's deal with this. Um, in fact, before we do that, flip over to James chapter three real quick. This is why being filled with the Holy Ghost is so extremely helpful to people. So extremely helpful. James chapter three, and uh, let me read. Uh, let me read starting with verse five. Actually, verse four. Listen to this. James three, starting in verse four. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course 
of life and set on fire by hell. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird and reptile of the sea creature uh, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And so notice this, the tongue has to be restrained, but according to scripture, no human can tame the tongue. So that means it takes the power of God, it takes the Holy Spirit's intervention to help you gain control of your tongue. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a helpful thing. It empowers you to do what God wants to be done. And you can speak uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can speak in tongues and edify yourself. You can pray for things you don't even know how to pray. It empowers you to live by self-control. See, notice that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. That means it takes the power of the Spirit to control yourself. That's why it can't be done uh, independently of the Lord. We need the Lord to walk in love when we don't feel like walking in love. To walk in joy when we don't feel like walking in joy. To walk in peace that passes all understanding. That's the help of the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, self-control, one of the fruit of the Spirit, it takes the power of the Holy Ghost to walk in self-control, including the control of the tongue. So it's saying here no human can do it, Well, no, of course not, because humans alone, left alone, are dead in trespasses and in sins. The things of God are foolishness unto them, and they're blinded. They're living under deception. But when you come into the kingdom of God, then guess what? You now have the help of the Lord to live a life that's pleasing to him and to empower, who empowers you to control yourself. Praise God. So... uh, With that, number four, I want you to get this, lying. The fourth thing that should never come out of your mouth, dangerous thing that should never leave your mouth, lies. Lies. And I touched on this a little bit when I was in in talking about gossip because it's very easy for gossip to become lies, especially when you don't even know if what you're saying is true. And lying is not just a sin, it's a demonic thing. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. Uh, such a powerful thought. But, but look at verse 22 of Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12, 22. Hmm. Listen to this. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who act faithfully are his delight. He delights in those who act faithfully. Well, what does it look like to act faithfully? You tell the truth. You're faithful to the truth. Lying lips. An abomination to the Lord. I was listening to this message. Pastor Enoch Adeboye preached one time. And he was dealing with lying. And it was a very powerful thought because Pastor Adeboye said, uh, do you know why God hates lying so much? Do you understand why uh, Christ hates lying so much? And of course, uh, you know, you think to yourself, well, yeah, because it's a sin, you know, and he hates sin. God separates from sin and unrighteousness, and, and that's why. But he, he broke it to an even deeper degree. And get this in your spirit. 
He doesn't just hate lying because it's a sin. But, but notice this, he hates it because he is the truth. Did you ever think of that? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't just tell the truth, he is the truth. So understand, lying is a complete opposition to his identity, his nature, his character. He doesn't just tell the truth. He's, he is the spirit of truth. Christ said that he was the truth. And he said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Ghost. So Christ is the truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And God, the Father, is the truth. So lying, literally, is direct opposition to his nature, his character, his identity. He doesn't just hate it because it's a sin. He hates it because it is you be, being controlled by a nature that is directly opposed to his nature. Whoo! Think about that. Get it in your spirit. God hates it because it is us being directed by a spirit that is completely opposed to his spirit. Mm. That's powerful. He is the truth. And then, of course, you uh, understand what he said about Satan, right? That he's not just a liar, but he is the father of lies. He's the father of lies. So not just a liar, the father of lies. And it's important to get this in our spirits is that there are two spirits that try to direct you. The spirit of truth or the spirit of lies from the father of lies. The spirit of wickedness, which is a lying spirit. It's a lying spirit. This is why you should get so excited when the devil begins to lie to you and, and tries to deceive you and give you a word. You ought to lift your hands and thank God the moment you hear one of those, knowing, oh, you know what? The devil's a liar. So whatever he's saying over me and about me, the opposite must be true. The opposite must be true. If he said that I'm not going to recover, that must mean I'm going to quickly recover. Hallelujah. If he said I'm not going to make it, that must mean that I'm not only going to make it, I'll go and be above and beyond just making it into the abundance and the overflow God has planned. If he said my marriage is never going to get better, that must mean God's got his hand on my marriage and things are quickly about to turn around. If, you know, said this depression will never leave you, this fear, this anxiety will never leave you. Thank you, Jesus. That must mean this is the last day I'm ever dealing with this anxiety and depression in Jesus' name. And you, you look at that, you should get just as excited when the devil tells you something knowing he's a liar and the father of lies. He does not tell the truth, cannot tell the truth. That's reserved for God himself. The spirit of truth. Christ is the truth. And so when the devil lies, see, that's when I get excited just as much because I know whatever he said, the opposite is true. The opposite is true. Hallelujah. The opposite is true. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to ever listen to a lie of the devil and become, you know, panicked by it, overwhelmed by it. Oh, did you? I don't know. Maybe that's true. No, no. I get excited to know the opposite is true. 
Glory to God. The opposite is true. Thank you, Jesus. We cannot be defeated. We cannot be cursed. We cannot be destroyed. There is no lie of the devil that can overtake our lives. The opposite is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. The devil is a liar and the father of lies. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the anointing on that. Christ is the truth. The the Holy Ghost is the spirit of truth. And he leads you and guides you into all truth. I want you to declare this in the comments right now. I will not be deceived this year. Put that by faith in the comments. I will not be deceived this year in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I will not be deceived this year in Jesus' mighty name. I refuse. I'll only walk in the truth. I'll only walk in revelation light by the power of God's word. That's it. I will not be deceived, not by the spirit of this world, not by an antichrist agenda. I'll not be deceived in 2022 in the mighty name of Jesus. If they think I'm going to believe the nonsense that is flowing through this generation, they've, they've got another thing coming. I will not be deceived in 2022 in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And then finally, let me Let me declare this final thing to you. The fifth dangerous thing that should never leave your mouth is a confession of unbelief, a confession of doubt, a confession of unbelief, a confession of doubt. Never. Your confession will not be negative in 2022 in Jesus' name. Doubt and unbelief will not fill your spirit in 2022, in Jesus' name. That's number five. Doubt, unbelief, that kind of a confession. Never, never. Let me deal with this quickly. James chapter one. The Bible says in James chapter one, do any of you lack wisdom? If you lack wisdom, Let that person ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given. Starting in verse 5 here. James 1, 5. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And that person must not suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable, in all of his ways. And so when you allow a confession of doubt and unbelief to come out of your mouth, notice the Bible says you become double-minded and you're unstable and you should not expect to believe anything or receive anything from the Lord. Again, I I point out to you how those spies who came out of the promised land, the Bible says they, they came out with an evil report. See, this is why it's so vital to only say what God said. Only say what God said over you. That's it. Only say what the word says over you. Don't repeat. The, don't become a parrot of this antichrist system. Don't, be, don't mimic the culture. Never. Only say what God said and let everything just 
and, and if there's nothing else to say, just be silent about it. Speak what God said and then be silent. Speak what God said and then be silent. Don't get in, don't get in on ever, all that nonsense that everybody else is, is spewing throughout this generation in Jesus' name. And so notice this here. When they came out of the promised land in Numbers, the Bible says that they, 10 of them came out with what the Bible called an evil report. It was evil because it contradicted what God already said. I've, I've gotten this into your spirit multiple times now. And we have to stay on it. The reason it was evil is it contradicted what God already said. And anytime our confession, anytime our words contradict what God's word already says, our words, that's an evil report. Notice what it did for them. Because uh, they believed this evil report that came out of their mouth, it kept them out of their promise for 45 more years. I mean, that's from the, from the time Caleb went into the land to the time where he speaks later and says, I'm 85 today and I'm stronger today than when I, when I spied out the land. He was 40 years old. That was 45 years ago. They still hadn't uh, received it. So notice, believing and speaking an evil report, an unbelief report, it kept them out of their promise. It kept them out of their promise. And I've made up my mind. 2022 is not a year that I will be kept back from any promise of God that's been delivered to me and my family and those connected with this ministry. We are not being held back from the promises of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We are going to say what the word of God says. We're going to say what the spirit of God says. And if, if, if there's nothing else coming out of our spirit, I won't say a thing. I'll remain silent if I have to, but I'm not. I'm going to keep on declaring the word, declaring the word, declaring the word. Declaring the word, declaring the word, declaring the word. And if you've had words spoken over you by men or women of God that you respect and you know are following the voice of the Holy Spirit, if it was on live stream, screen record that bad boy. We do that. You know, we have a string of words that have been given to us by men of God that we screen record them and we keep them even in our, our uh, we'll, Carolyn will send them through into our, our, our group chat with the team to keep them in front of our eyes. We keep them in front of our eyes. If the Lord said it through a man of God or a woman of God that we believe and trust is operating, their ministry has proved, the fruit of their ministry has proved to be true. We receive it. And you know what we do? We keep on listening to it. And 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 it fills us with faith, knowing that's the word of the Lord. And we're going to receive it. We don't listen to the culture. We don't listen to the news. We don't listen to those with an antichrist spirit and agenda. We don't listen to that. And we definitely don't repeat that. We say what the word says, and we confess the word of the Lord over our lives. When Jenna was believing God for babies, and that word came from the Holy Ghost, she had that uh, and listened to it all the time. And she kept on listening to it. And she put those scriptures around her house on all those different things. Uh, you know, refrigerator and whatever, mirror in the bathroom. And everywhere her eye could see it, she would just look. Kept it in front of her eyes. Kept it in her ears. Kept it in her spirit. Kept it in her spirit. Why? Because you've got to stay in faith. 
You've got to do what the Lord tells you to do. Hallelujah. And see, that's why I'm not engaging. I'm not engaging in what the spirit of this world is saying. I refuse to engage in it. I refuse to engage in it. I'm going to say what the Bible said. Hallelujah. I'm going to say what the word of the Lord said over my life, and I'll not miss one miracle this year. In fact, I want you to write it in the comments. And by the way, for everybody that's watching, there's the link. If you'd like to read about Jenna's testimony and all God did in her life, uh, you can click on that link on Carolyn's uh, blog and read that, that article and see what the Lord did for it. It'll build your faith. But I want you to write that. I'll not miss one blessing in 2022. Put it in the comments before we pray. I'll not miss one blessing in 2022 in Jesus' mighty name. I'll not miss one blessing in 2022 by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'll not miss one. Everything God has set aside for us to have this year, it will come into our hands supernaturally. It will come into our hands supernaturally in the mighty name of Jesus and we'll not miss it. We'll not miss it. We'll not miss it in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for every person that's watching today. I thank you that this will be the year that out of their mouth, gossip will not leave their mouth, but they'll build people up. Criticism won't leave their mouth, but they will be uh, those that are encouraging to others, building others up, speaking the word over their loved ones, friends, family. Father, we thank you that only truth, the truth of your word, is coming out of our mouths this year. We thank you that faith is rising up to another level in our lives, in our hearts. And as the apostle declared, we believe, therefore we speak, because we have the same spirit of faith. Glory to God. We have the same spirit of faith. And so we speak what we believe, which is what God's word says in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so we receive that today. We receive it by the power of your spirit in Jesus' wonderful name. We will have the blessings of heaven manifested in our lives this year because you are great and greatly to be praised. We thank you for that, Lord. Now, I pray that a, a fresh spirit of faith would come upon every person watching and all those listening on the podcast. From this day, let a spirit of faith come alive in their heart like they've never felt in Jesus' name. Lord, is there even hearing these, this teaching, this preaching, that a spirit of faith would leap up in their spirit and that they'd operate by the gift of faith in 2022. We declare it. This is our year of divine possession. Property and land is being transferred into our hands. Those that never owned homes will own homes. Those that have never stepped into an ownership position, we thank you. This is our year. Lord, investment properties are coming into our hands. This is our year to take possession of what you said is ours. We declare the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just and that we are in position to take possession of that wealth of the wicked in 2022. We give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you thanks in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe that today, somebody shout amen, throw some hands up, throw some fire up, and receive it into your spirit today by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we thank you, Lord, and give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Woo, I feel the anointing today, man. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be a great, I believe it, Christina. It's your year to buy a home and receive it. Ownership 
Uproar Conference is in the house on YouTube. What's up? I love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God all the praise. Amen. Whew, I feel that today, man. God's doing something supernatural behind the scenes. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to make it available and give people an opportunity to sow today because I know God's speaking to people to sow. And I want you to do what the Lord's telling you to do. Praise God. You can go to MiracleWord.com and all the ways to sow are there. I know God's speaking to us this year because it is a year of sowing. We stepped out again uh, this Sunday. We're so happy to have Dr. John Avanzini uh, with us at Abundant Life Church. And uh, Carol and I stepped out again. And not just our tithes and offerings to the church, but sowed a seed into Dr. John from our ministry as well as personally and believing this is going to be the year. See, more sowing is going to take place in 22 than we've ever had because continual harvests are going to take place. Hallelujah. Continual harvests, or as Bishop Rick puts it, perpetual harvests. Significant seed, perpetual harvests. All the time kind of harvest. This is going to be a year we're going to harvest all through the year. All through the year. And so I'm encouraging you, do what the Lord's telling you to do. Sow that seed today. And uh, we want to send you a gift for those that are partnering with us. Maybe you've never considered partnering. I want to encourage you to pray about it. The Lord is attaching partners to this ministry as we're stepping out and impacting this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, I want to encourage you to go to, as you go to the website, you'll see that button for partnership on the site. Click it and you can fill out the form. You can see all we're doing and staying with us. But in the month of January, I'm sending you this book by Dr. Sumrall, uh, Adventuring with Christ. Powerful, powerful book uh, telling the story of his travels around the world. It's an amazing read. And then for those that are standing at $250 or more, we're including How We Got the Bible, an excellent uh, book that'll help you to understand the scripture. How do we have the 66 books in the Bible that we have today? How did the scripture come to us? How do we know it's God's word? This book will help you immensely. And then of course, uh, for those of you that are sowing $1,000 or more, we're gonna include with that the new English translation uh, in this full notes edition, which is about 60,000 translators notes. This is, if I, if I had like an all-in-one tool to go deep, this is a wonderful one because you see so much you'd never see before. In fact, before this, you had to have all different types of resources to study through to get what you can get out of this one study Bible. And it's an amazing tool for you. And so thank you for standing with us. Thank you for sowing seeds. We love you guys so very much, so very much. And um, yes, the fast is over, but we're still praying. We're still pressing in. Still give God the same time that you did on the fast. Though you're eating now, continue to pray. Continue to press in. Continue to study the word like you never have. Let this be an above and beyond year in your dedication. Remember I told you this, the Lord spoke to me, that as we're going to have these miracles take place, it's also going to be a year that we're going to press in more than we ever have. And so set, set yourself up in that way. Watch what God does. I love you. Carolyn's going to be back again with us this week, Wednesday and Friday. It's going to be an awesome week. I'll see you again tomorrow. Have a wonderful, blessed day, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Later.
Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.